0: Welcome back to another episode of the major journey podcast. This week we have a special guest who is a former IT professional, grassroots campaigner, long, t- long-term cannabis industry veteran of over 30 years and founder of Vanguard Media. Vanguard is a media platform and magazine that's dedicated to women in cannabis and proudly showcases the efforts, innovation and creativity of all women, whether they are just getting started or if they are veterans of the cannabis community, Vanguard is motivated to tell their stories. And it is an honor to welcome Tiffany Watkins, AKA Lady Canna, to the show. Tiffany, hello, welcome, and thank you for everything that you've done and continue to do for the cannabis industry and for taking the time to be with us today. How are you? Thank you so much, Mike. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, It's, it's an honor to have you. So Tiffany, I gave a little bit of an intro, but for those who aren't familiar with you and your work and your story, um, can you just take a moment to kind of share with us and elaborate a little bit on, on where your career started and what brought you into, into cannabis?
1: Certainly. Um, a lot of people do uh, ask my why. What's what's my why? Why do I do all this? Um, cannabis for me started uh, when I was relatively young. Um, I think I was probably around 18 or 19 when I really, really noticed that there was a community of cannabis. It wasn't just this illicit drug that everybody had told me about. Um, I have come from a conservative upbringing. So, devil's lettuce, this is a drug gateway, <laughs> the whole nine yards. And to find out that, that there was this, this community and it was strong and it was driven was very interesting to me. Um, as I was, you know, first, second year of college, I thought, uh, well, what is this all about? If people are smoking weed. Sure, they are. But then there's this other side of people fighting for weed. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what that fight was about it just interests me. And I, and I, and I realized that that cannabis was something that was increasing the livelihood of certain individuals, individuals suffering from HIV and AIDS at that time Mm -hmm. uh, in the late nineties or the late uh, eighties, early nineties. And, you know, they were being villainized for utilizing something that was helping their, them get a better quality of life. And, you know, I, I kind of dug in there and I thought this is not fair treatment. And I've kind of always been that person who wants to give a voice to the downtrodden, give a stand up for anybody who I feel is getting a, not a fair shot at something. Right. And it just kind of steamrolled into, I met people who were like, Hey, compassionate care is where cannabis is going. This is where this is going. And I got introductions to people who were raising funds, getting signatures. And I started reading these, um, you know, just things that were geared towards the understanding of what cannabis really is and does. And I started meeting people who were older than me, who were much older than me, and showing me things. Yes, of course, I still I, I smoked cannabis, absolutely. But they were showing me things that it can do. You can have a tea, you can have a teacher, you can use a salve, you can do all these different things with cannabis. Blew my mind because the way I was raised, it was nothing. It was nothing anywhere close to pharmaceutical. There was nothing medicinal about it, right? And so knowing this, it just really struck me as something that I knew I needed to fight for, mm-hmm. and that's where it began. I started joining with people who wanted to march, who wanted to gather signatures and help. Look, it was a collective effort back then. There were people doing it probably bigger and stronger than us, but we supported their efforts. If they were calling for more signatures, more names, more people to show, up, we were there. If they were calling for voices to speak, tell your experiences, tell the stories of those you know, I was definitely there. I've always been a storyteller and a, a great orator. I do not mind taking the, the, the steps to be like, hey, there's these people over here who aren't being heard and I'm gonna make sure their voices and stories are, are told, right? And I think that I just brought that into um, where I am today. Now, back then we all operated from the shadows. You know, We had our day jobs and college students and things like that. There was no industry to, to stand on to be able to say, I'm in cannabis. Um, But we did the we did the hard work. And now I'm just very proud of all that work that was done collectively by everyone, because here we stand within an industry bridged from a community that had strength. And that is my why. There are still people who need a voice and I am there to provide it to. and, And Vanguard is that movement for that voice of change for women and persons of color in the space.
0: I love that. And so I love I love the storytelling aspect of it, right? Because I think stories are so powerful and they're a great vehicle of communicating how you feel or what the point is or what needs to be told in an effective way that really people of all ages, of all all colors, all backgrounds, all cultures can really just resonate with and have that aha moment where the story just clicks and resonates. So I love how you alluded to using storytelling to really get the message across. Um, Now, Tiffany, Vanguard magazine is known for for celebrating women in cannabis and providing a platform that embraces and encourages women to lead with resiliency. Now, this is such a timely publication and message, not just for the cannabis community, but for the workplace in general. Right. And so what inspired you to take Vanguard in this particular direction?
1: Um, I think that I was always headed in this direction. Um, You know, you mentioned I'm known as Lady Canna um, and and I am. Uh, I used to hold town hall meetings and sessions about Cannabis 101 um, as Lady Canna. And um, I started that series just simply because people were asking so many questions and then they would have stories to tell. And I realized that, you know, we don't have a lot of research in the united states for cannabis not the way that we need it but we have a lot of anecdotal evidence that gets easily dismissed and i say cannabis is all about our stories the stories told the efficacies, efficacies told and spoke about right and so as i listen to these people mainly women open up about how cannabis affects their lives or should I try cannabis or it's been 20 years, I had some brownies in college, should I try this again? Um, And that, and plus opposing view, I came here just to see what's being spoken about in my community and I wanna hear it all. And I thought, these are great stories. And I knew that I'd be telling stories, kind of pushing profiles and things like that. But as we started to move into 2019, 2020, and I thought, boy, this, this is changing. Our, our day-to-day life is changing, not just with pandemic, but we had such social unrest. Mm-hmm. And that for a long time, it, you know, it, the effects of the uh, injustice with women and persons of color in the workplace has always been prevalent, but it's just magnified right now. And I knew that I needed to create a movement a movement of change for people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're cannabis people, but we're representative of the masses of people that don't get heard or listened to, however you wanna you know kind of uh, interpret that, right? And I just knew that that is what Vanguard needed to do. It needed to be a movement that helped to push people, push the needle in the proper direction for justice. And I just, you know, the, my only ask always is that you jump on and help us push. That's that's really all that's needed. But that is real. That was really the catalyst. The, what's going on? What we see and what we felt over the years—it's come to a head in the last eighteen months—is really what it, it is. Really, what it's born from.
0: Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the shape that the content that comes from Vanguard has taken, and I love that it's about women empowerment, but more specifically, not about tearing other women down in order to get to the next level or get to wherever it is that you want to be. And so can you speak on the importance of uplifting others, both men and women or women and women, um, but really just uplifting others when trying, while trying to progress in the workplace, whether you're an entrepreneur or working for, for another company um, and how that's so important, especially with everything going on today? um, personally and also professionally.
1: Right. You know, that's, that's very, um, that is so important. I think that, um, and recently I did, uh, uh, host a a small show in regards to women's empowerment. What are we doing? Are we doing enough? Are we doing anything at all? Because I know it's a, it's become a buzz term empowerment Mm -hmm. and, You know, I see a lot of, and I'm just going to talk from the standpoint of women right now. Uh, I see a lot of women going through the motions of empowering other women, but when it gets called down to the wire, they're out for themselves. And, you know, it's been a long time fighting for women's rights. Um, Not just me, generations before me, there's been a lot. And I still see women that are willing to pull another woman down so that they can lift themselves up. And I say, it doesn't work that way. We've tried it that way. We have tried saying, well, we're all empowered. We have the right to do whatever we want, but it doesn't seem to work. So the only other outcome that we can expect is to, to even get is if we do an action and the action is going to be actually lifting each other up. If we are going to succeed ourselves, we need to be willing to reach our arms behind us and pull forward the women who are trying their hardest to get where you are. Pardon me. And so I think it's very important, not just within the cannabis community, but within the the workplace and in our lives in general, to take that stance. If we see someone struggling or with a question, we need to go over and help them. If we see someone being bullied, say if it is a situation where they're being bullied in the workplace because they're a woman or a woman of color, then we need to drop what we're doing and we need to go stand beside her and give her the tools and the power and the strength to stand up for herself and give her a voice if she can't use her own. And that's truly empowering to the person and the individual, doing something that serves the individual solely and doesn't serve yourself is with the epitome of empowering another individual. Using what you have to help uplift someone else is how that works. Using what you have to try to partner or collaborate with someone else that you can gain from that is not empowerment. And it's controversial. And I know that people don't oftentimes want to talk to me about that, but it's true. It's true. You need to decide, are you really going to empower that person, which means full giving, whatever that takes, or are you going to be standing there with expectation of what you can receive from empowering that individual? It's a choice. And I urge people to make the correct one because that's going to make changes in the workplace and in our personal lives.
0: Totally. And so how do you, do you have any advice for, for, for somebody who maybe is, you know, still on that, that, that journey or that treadmill where they're trying to get to where they're going to. And, you know, sometimes that, that partnership or that collaboration, it may make them hesitate and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm worried that they may steal my ideas or that, that, that mindset of, of scarcity really versus abundance, where you kind of just say, you know what, let's just, let's see what happens. And maybe it is a little bit of saying, Hey, I'm willing to take the risk, but I really think it comes from a place of abundance where you, you just, you look yourself in the mirror and say, by me helping somebody else, it's not taking away from my bucket over here. It's really just adding a little bit more charge to what they have going on. And you know what, whether that has a direct impact on me or not, at least it, it puts you in that flow of just making you know something happen. And I feel like, funny enough, when you do give without expectation of anything in return, it somehow miraculously always does come back to you. And so I guess what I'm asking is, you know, for, for those who maybe have been a little bit more hesitant to have that approach because maybe they've been burnt in the past before or just had a bad experience, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's really wanting to take that next step and and move forward with a more abundant mindset in that regard.
1: I think that and, and I love that you're saying abundance, that you're using the term abundance, because I think that's where it stems from. Um, business is risk. collaborations are a risk. Anytime you share anything about yourself or your business or your idea, there's a risk there. But I think that you must put your foot forward with gratitude And gratitude for the abundance of information and the abundance of wealth you already hold. And that should shed some of that fear that you have that something will be taken away because you're feeling fulfilled with your ideas. You're feeling fulfilled with your message. And then when you do give or share or ask for assistance, you don't feel like anyone can pull that away from you. You're grateful to have it. You're living within that abundance And I think that it shows in the situation. Now, there's always going to be predators out there looking to take something from someone. And that's just going to be a judgment call. You're going to learn to read people. Mm -hmm. The more you delve into your business, wherever that takes you, you're going to learn to really read people and aligning yourself with those who mean you the best. Mm -hmm. And then you're free to live within that gratitude. You're grateful for every experience, good and bad, because even if you pull something out of your bucket so to speak, right. and handed it to someone else, your bucket is filled with whatever information and knowledge you're going to get back from that transaction. So never look at it from that semi it's cheesy," but never look at it from a standpoint of your glass being half empty. Mm-hmm. There's still something in it, so it's half full. And live within that gratitude and make that your abundance so you don't have to be fearful of sharing of yourself. Because to get out there and to get knowledge and to learn from others and to share what you have with others, You have to be willing to give. I think that uplifts us all is the willingness to
0: give. I think that's, that's so important, especially, especially going back to what you said earlier, when you gave us a little bit of a, of a backstory on how you got into cannabis, I noticed you used the word or the phrase that people would introduce you to other people, right. Or you would meet new people. And so it's kind of like, it's, it's just the constant paying, paying it forward mentality, And this is something that I I really want to ask your opinion on too, as somebody who's been in the cannabis space and and has moved successfully. um, How important do you think it is to successfully cultivate relationships and not do so by necessarily expecting something in return and, and just having the moving forward with the, um, with recipro- with with reciprocity. So therefore, if somebody comes to you and you know offers to do you a favor, always keep in mind you know the idea that you should always be giving, right? And and that's how relationships form and healthy relationships, whether they be partnerships or collaborative efforts and things like that. Um, and I guess I guess the question that I'm I'm leaning to is how important do you feel that relationships are in business as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as as a pioneer. Um, but especially especially in the cannabis space because I think a lot of folks have have placed a lot of emphasis on relationship capital in cannabis. And so I'm just curious to, to hear your perspective you know from the lady Canna perspective, uh, how important are relationships in in business and entrepreneurship and, and especially in cannabis?
1: It is absolutely one of the most important aspects of your business is partnership and relationship. And networking. Um, I think that, uh, you know, my earliest memory of that type of concept comes from my father. Um, I, I come from entrepreneurial parents. And um, my father had that Rolodex, that old school roll back the top. And you have this kind of carousel of cards and contacts. And I think I just remember asking at some point when I was very young do you know all these people Dad? this is so many people? My goodness. Right. And he's like, I know each and every one of them in the way that is necessary. And, you know, uh, as I got older, I think I understand what that meant. That meant these are my, these are people who are within my network. This was long before social media and email and all that. This is where he kept his network and he could go through there and he could pull out a card and connect with someone he had previously connected with. Or someone could say, you know, I'm really looking for a fill in the blank. And he could go into his network and pull out a card from someone who could help. And he was probably in every one of those people's. Rolodexes as well, right? So I think that it's incredibly important to build that type of network. And we get to do so now very easily on social media outlets. We get to create this huge network of people. And when I'm on LinkedIn and I say to people, because LinkedIn is, my personal LinkedIn is the only social media that I actually still curate myself. And so when people connect with me there, sometimes I think they don't think that they're connecting with a real person, but they really are. I say, thank you for connecting with me. I look forward to being a valuable portion of your network. And I really believe that statement because you never know who you're meeting or what will be applicable in the future. So be kind and be prepared to introduce them to your network and to move forward. So I, yeah, I I really do believe that relationship building is key and I don't care what business you're in.
0: Yep. I I totally agree. I love that analogy of the Rolodex. Um, And I think, I think a lot of folks, even, even now they'll say, you know, be kind to your future self. And I think being kind to your future self also includes being kind to the people in your network, the people around you, because like you said, you never know, you know, you may have an opportunity to help somebody else and vice versa. So it's, it, it's all interconnected. But with all of that said, um, Tiffany, I wanted to ask you, some folks question whether, whether magazines and publications will stand the test of time. And I'm sure you've been asked this plenty of, of times. Um, but as you said, there's an important element involved with publications, and that's storytelling. And as the founder of Vanguard magazine, why do you think that storytelling is so important, especially in the world that we live in today? And why do you see it as something that will essentially always, you know, stand the test of time?
1: Um, Because, and and, you know, it's true, people do that with when you're in uh, magazine media. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it, <laughs> people go, well. Oh, people read that online. And yeah, they actually do. I, I, my publication is offered in online digital and um, as a print magazine as well. But I think what really stands the test of time is the communication between people. Mm-hmm. Um, storytelling is tried and true. Um, we will always take a moment to listen to a story. It's what is that's the basis of all reality television is the story told and the way that it's painted. And so it's spectacular there. But people are willing to watch. Um, We still pick up books and read them. And we still listen to, you know, the proverbial crazy old uncle who's got a million fish stories, because when he tells that story, you're getting a piece of him. Um, You know, you listen to your grandmother tell a story that you've heard two or three times because you love the feeling that you get from the passion that you hear in her voice and the history that she can give. Right. And so I know that this movement is a part of the magazine. And the only way to continue and to not lose track of our stories told is to put them in a spot where people can come back to And so that's why I'm proud to do so with Vanguard, is to have a place where people can go in the archives and go see a story or a profile of someone that has inspired them so they can recapture that feeling from when they first heard their story. And so I think that it's very essential. And I don't think it's going anywhere. That is the way humans connect. And we will continue to connect that way.
0: I totally agree. And I think one of the coolest things, especially about about Vanguard and all uh, the plethora of of great publications especially in cannabis is that like you alluded to this is going to be something that people can always go back to and look at those stories and pick them up and reread them again and kind of feel like they're going through those those motions and emotions again but this is a big piece of history like we are writing what will the stories that will be told and reread for for decades to come especially as we move forward towards legalization and make those make those jumps forward um, and so with that, how do you feel that Vanguard stands out from some of the other, you know, great cannabis publications out there in the marketplace, not knocking, you know, any other ones, but just from your perspective, how have you kind of always envisioned Vanguard to be different from the rest of the, the storytellers out there in the marketplace?
1: Um, Vanguard is different. Um, it, it, it's it, Well, let me create a parallel. It's the same in the such that we're talking about cannabis. We're talking about women in cannabis. It's not the only publication that speaks about women in cannabis. However, um, it's, it's a niche magazine, but Vanguard is a movement. Vanguard Media Online is a movement for women. It's a movement for change in how we are viewed and treated in cannabis. And um, I stay very close to that. And um I think that it can anybody do that? Absolutely. But for me, um, it's representative of a passion that's been built and curated and tested over the last 30 years. Um and that's my personal now people that I, I bring on and involve, I like to get the wisdom of people who've been in it longer than me. And so you know it has a it has a bit of that in there too. Um, it, Operates from a legacy perspective, and that is what's moving the needle forward. So I think that if, if there's anything that that is different, that is the portion that it is. It's the movement.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of how you said that. It kind of takes the the legacy, the energy from the legacy movement moving forward. I think that's so important. And so thinking about the future and and looking forward. Um, what are some of the exciting things that Vanguard is, is maybe working on that you're able to share with the listeners of kind of what's to come in 2021? I'm sure there's there are things that are under the wraps that you can't necessarily talk about just yet. But can you give us a sneak peek or a glimpse into some of the exciting things that are about to happen?
1: Sure. Um, this year we will be introducing events. So, uh, you know, listeners stay tuned and you can get those updates. And in about mm, roughly three weeks, um, maybe just a little shy of three weeks, we will have a merchandise line that will be live. And the merchandise is to support and join and uplift the movement of Vanguard and a few other key players which will come to to light. Uh, This doesn't, I I never liked for anything Vanguard to operate within a vacuum. So um, be rest assured that this movement for merchandise is going to be uplifting other women's businesses as well. So we're really excited about that, but it's brand new territory for us and 2021 has brought it to life. So I am excited.
0: That is awesome. I think everybody's excited about that, especially from all the, the content that we've seen to see that, you know, take take a new life form in, in the way of merch. Um, it's going to be exciting. And I'm excited to, to see what you guys have up your sleeves. Um, and so Tiffany, for, for those who would like to connect with you, what's the best way for somebody to reach out?
1: Uh, the best way for someone to get in touch with me is via email if they want to reach me directly. I'm at tiffany@vanguardmediaonline.com. At Other than that, I'm reachable via social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, just get into those DMs.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, It's an honor. It's always a pleasure working with you. And I can't wait to see what great things come from Vanguard in 2021 and, and beyond.
1: Thank you very much. I've appreciated being on your show today.
0: Thanks so much. All right, guys, that concludes this episode of the Major Journey podcast. We will see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.